We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bart Winkler. Welcome to the Bart Winkler Show. It is Thursday, February 16th is when I'm posting this, 2023. It's also the continuation of the long-running infrastructure week where I rebuild bridges that I've burned in the media. One of those guys, this is a deep cut, Seth Everett. Seth Everett covered Major League Baseball for 25 years and used to come on both Bill's show and the big show during our days at WSSP 1250 AM, the fan in Milwaukee. I never wanted him on. I didn't like how he would come on Bill's show and always rip on baseball. And every other interview, if it wasn't a story about Ken Griffey Jr., it was a story about Prince. So I always made fun of him. He didn't know that, though. So this was a one-sided feud. <laughs> so I, I, I always said, like, I'll never have Seth on my show. Meanwhile, Seth was very nice to me online and engaged in conversation. I was like, hey, I'm happy to come on anytime. And and I was, I was, uh, as I tell him later, and I, as I told people on yesterday's show, I, uh, I don't think I'm an a-hole, but I do think I'm a dick. And to Seth, I was a dick. And so we're going to rebuild some bridges. Infrastructure week coming up later in the show. Now, because I'm on this stick to sports tirade, I do want to tell you that at the end of the conversation with Seth, we talk a lot of comics, like the MCU and the upcoming DCU. And that's not sports. So I placed it at the end. So if you want to hit the eject button and, and don't care for it, you can. But if you want to listen, he does a uh, podcast specifically on superheroes. And I actually forgot of the <laughs> name of the title. <laughs> he asked me later if I've ever heard it. And I go, uh, no. Hall of Justice. Hall of Justice. But it does really well. And it is something that I should check out more as... That's kind of what I like listening to in my time. I, I I like to listen to like things that really break down Marvel in a geeky way. I'm gonna try to see Ant Man on Friday, and and Howard Stern. Why why listen to sports when I got these thoughts rattling in my brain for 24 hours? Although it's not the full 24 hours because I do have the Frozen Two soundtrack in my head quite a bit. Reindeers are better than people. Why is this so hard? Why is love so hard? You feel what you feel and your feelings are real. Kristoff, let down your guard. 
Oh, my good God. All right, a couple of things that I want to talk about, two things that I was tweeting about yesterday. One, I know that I started Wednesday's show, Guns Blazing, about the Milwaukee media, and if you want Bucks coverage, this is the place to do it, at least one of the few places that can actually do it. And I'm going to stick to that. I'm proud of it. I'm going to stick to it. And I just tweeted, this is all I want. I, I don't need to continue the back and forth. I don't need to continue the feuds. I don't need to continue the he said, she said. I don't need to continue it. I don't need to... I don't need to jump down their throat every time they do something I don't like. I don't need to do that. What I just want people to know is that what happened to me could happen to them. Things are humming along just fine. You know, you never know. These corporate offices are on on the coast, man. You never know what they think of a station in Milwaukee. They might look at one number or one metric and it doesn't make sense. And it just, you never know. Or they need to cut people and, oh, here's a cluster, get rid of it. You know, they, you never know. So just don't take your time on the radio for granted. And what I said was be better before you have to be better. Like, we don't all have perfect days. Look, doing 20 hours of sports radio a week, you're going to have some bad segments. And you're going to get off and, and, and regret some things or, or do some things that you could have been better. But I just, I don't like the general, like, the, the, the way that, like, you guys get talked down to when you suggest you want to hear sports on a sports station. I don't understand it. Again, comic book talk coming up, but I just, I I don't need to, I don't need to keep these feuds going. I just, I, you know, a lot of these people have been in these jobs a long time. I just hope that they understand that the audience still has to be earned. Speaking of that, a Celtics fan was in my mention begging me to earn his respect. No, he wanted he wanted me to how am I why can't I speak? He wanted he wanted me to convince him why he should respect me. I'm like, I don't know you, dude. I don't you're a Celtics fan. I don't care. But there was so the Bucks played the Celtics the other night. We all know that we had a fun post-game show. You can listen to that. Listen to any podcast we've ever done. Thanks to our friends at Blue Wire who side note, I love these guys. I love this network. Everyone's so great. Uh, but I I just, I, I knew that today would be today. I knew that Wednesday would be Wednesday. No matter what happened in that game, the two fan bases would fight. And because the Celtics didn't play their starters, it got even sloppier. So the tweet that I attacked was Bill Simmons for saying, congratulations for the Bucks beating the Celtics bench in OT. And in that tweet, there's a lot of like, you know what he's doing. He's being a petty dick. He's being a petty dick. Because the win would have been a valuable win for the Celtics had they beat the Bucs because it was their bench. But because the Bucs won, it's, it's, it, you, you, it's not a valuable win because who'd you beat? You beat our bench. And what I said the other day is, look, the Bucs, we are, the fan bases are going to fight with each other. We're the two best teams in the East. And there's an inferiority complex with both to break it down. Because we're really good. The Bucs are really good. We got the best player in the world. And we should go to the finals again. But if there's a team that's going to get in front of us, it's the Celtics. And I think what they showed us on Tuesday night was we're not going to play against their bench, but also their bench has guys that can come in and play. So we have to rely on that too. Like if they're going to have Derek White, and Malcolm Brogdon and, you know, Sam Hauser putting up shots, Mike Muscala, who 
I think it was a good under the radar move for them. Then we're going to have to counter with Jay Crowder and Grayson Allen and, you know, Bobby Portis. We're going to, we're going to have to counter. It's going to be, it's going to be a great series should the two play, but that's not going to happen until May. So no matter what would have happened, we would have fought each other because there's a level of insecurity with us. We know we're good, but we know if there's one team that can beat us, it's them. And they're insecure because they know that we're in their way. And we have in this era, Celtics historically have so many more titles than the Bucks. duh. But in this era, in the Tatum Brown smart versus Middleton Bucks or Middleton Giannis Drew era, well, the Bucks are on top. The Bucks have the one thing they don't in this era, the championship. So that's where the back and forth is going to keep coming. And we're going to keep doing it. And no matter what would have happened on Tuesday, even if it was our scrubs against their scrubs, so to speak, it would have been our bench is better than yours. You know, it would have been anything would have been something. And so there was a lot of back and forth with that. Now, there is still a weird bias in the media to, I mean, ESPN is going to have a day devoted to the Celtics coming up. That is not a joke. I don't even know what that means. Like, that is so weird. That's weird. But Celtics fans are like, no, it's not. We're the Celtics. Everyone else is like, that's fucking weird, dude. Voicemails are brought to you by Carl's Place, 402-915-BART, 402-915-BART. They do have golf simulators. Carl of ET.com backslash BART. That link also accessible on my new website coming out. Thanks to the guys from Sun Ant Interactive, which uh, I have another email I have to respond. I'm very, I'm, it's like, hey, I had a busy Wednesday, okay? I had a busy Wednesday. I cleaned up the house, all right? I watched the South Park Streaming Wars specials I never saw, and then the new South Park. I thought those were very good. So I had a busy, I had a busy Wednesday. I laid down to fall asleep, didn't fall asleep. I cleaned out my DVR. I was down to 14%. That took a few minutes. I had a busy Wednesday. Took my kid to daycare. That's always a cluster. This daycare has like, it's got like five parking spots and 50 cars are trying to park at once. Oh, and it's right next to a coffee shop. Adios, amigos. All right, John and Franklin went to the game, I believe. And he's got a voicemail. Good to hear from John again. Here's John. Good morning, John and Franklin. Uh, late comments on the Bucks game I attended last night. Um, early on, was disappointed to hear uh, the Celtics weren't playing their mainline players. Kind of expected the Bucks to cruise to this one, and that certainly didn't happen. I'm going to pick on some sacred cows and understand I, I, I love this basketball team and I want the best for it. But the Celtics gave them all they could handle yesterday. Um, early on in the game, Lopez, I mean, I got three minutes in, I'm like, dude, he's just going to have a bad game. I mean, there was, it was like he was, I don't know what it was. He just looked, he just looked awful out there and, and didn't do a whole lot for the whole, you know, the time he was in there. And I, I'm not picking on, I understand it's a regular season game, and I'm not trying to pick on any Bucks players because I love all these guys. They're my guys, okay? Um, you, you, you knew Brogdon was going to come to play, right? Yeah. And uh, I got to tell you, 
uh, it, it, it's an interesting, you know, I, I renewed my dislike of Grant Williams. Can't stand that guy, but an effective post defender, even though he's got a height disadvantage, um, Giannis couldn't get to get to the basket, and and it it was interesting. I mean, he he got some calls. He did a little bit, but he he didn't. It wasn't his usual thing where he could just get to the basket. And this was with the you know with the Celtics undermanned, and it's concerning. And anybody that thinks we're just gonna you know oh yeah we're going to the finals. I mean, we got to get through these guys, and they're a handful. They're a handful, and and, and Crowder isn't gonna fix it all. Um, I am concerned. Um, and I got to tell you one last thing. I, I love Giannis. I know he's working his butt off, but they got to get rid of this, this foul shooting routine. He has has got to go because this isn't working either. He needs to have a, a rhythm, smooth free throw setup, man, that this thing where he does this last second hesitation, it, it, it's just, it's not working. And, and you know, he's trying, you know, he's giving it everything he has. And I, I, I don't doubt he practices it all the time. But someone's got to get to this guy and, and get his foul shots, and get this get this right, because it, it's going to end up costing us. And, and and I'm not trying, obviously not trying to pick on our star, because everybody knows I love him. But the foul shooting has got to improve. Uh, I think that was either your mic drop or you had time left. I don't know what happened there. All right, John and Franklin. Yeah, the foul shooting was bad to start. Credit Giannis for getting much better at that as the game went on and helping the Bucks win that game. So the Bucks back in action uh, Thursday night, right, against the Bulls, and they are going to be playing that game in Chicago. I'll do a post game for that one, uh, live Thursday night, and then they have the All-Star break, and I'll be live after the All-Star game uh, as well. Not live! After the celebrity game being coached by Giannis and his brothers. But if you want live, hey, I'll be live on Saturday from 11 to 4 Central Time. CBS Sports Radio, either the affiliates or on your Odyssey app. And I will be rocking the new Odyssey backpack I got the other day. You know what I could fit in there? I could fit in almost the entire slabs of meat that I got from Omaha Steaks. Again, one of the reasons I'm excited to partner with Omaha Steaks again is because it can save you money, and it's because the meat is good. So you got the pork tenderloins, you got the jumbo franks, filet mignons, the chicken breasts. You can get it in different packages. They've got a President's Day package. You just go to omahasteaks.com. Now, you can fill things up a la carte. It's going to be way more expensive, so don't do that. Just click on, like, their Hail to the Chiefs. Hail to the Chief of Steaks package. Okay, if I click on that, they put everything together for a great package. Knocks 55% off right away the normal price that you would pay on that. That one gets uh, the butcher's top cut sirloins, the beef sunderloin, the chicken breasts, the burgers, the jumbo franks, the scallop potatoes, the tartlets, the seasoning. And uh, you get all that for $139.99. And then I can get you $30 off when you do order these packages. So you get, you get these packages and then you knock the $30 off with the code BART. B-A-R-T. They've got a bunch of different packs. Check those out. B-A-R-T. When you're at checkout for Omaha Steaks. OmahaSteaks.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, this Brewers thing. Okay, so pitchers and catchers are about to report, and that's good. I don't have yeah, – I'm still okay, I'm still like in Bucks mode. I was in football mode. Now I'm in Bucks mode. I'm going to be in XFL mode this weekend. I got to set my daily lineups, uh, and, then, and then I'll eventually get into Brewer mode. You know, you go in and out of spring training. Opening day comes. Try to go, be excited, and then see what the team can do. Uh, this news with Bally Sports, that's not great. I don't know what's going to happen there. We should be able to watch our teams on some way, shape, or form. Maybe the MLB takes control of that. I don't know. It's a pretty sticky situation. Bally Sports going, uh, sports going under is not great. But the other thing, the thing that got people really riled up again about the Brewers was this, this budget that Governor Evers put out, Wisconsin governor, He's proposing that in the budget, so the the Wisconsin, Wisconsin's got like a $7 billion surplus, I guess. And Evers is like, all right, well, we're going to put $290 million towards the cost of American Family Field. In the exchange, they will sign a lease, the Brewers will, to stay here through 2043 minimum. Now, I don't think there's a big threat of the Brewers leaving. Again, of all the things we bitch for, Mark Atanasio about uh, him up and moving the team is not something that I has ever even been a concern of mine. And I don't think he sells it to the highest bidder. I do think he keeps it within the family when he eventually passes the team on. Uh, that's just my read on it. I just, I, I mean, 2043, I don't think the Brewers are going anywhere anytime soon. Now the one area where that gets sticky is if they need a new stadium and then these other cities leverage like, okay, you want to, Go to a new stadium, come to Nashville, come to Portland, come to Mexico City. And then the team, a city like Milwaukee, is like, oh, crap, we're going to lose our team. We better pony up. Kind of what happened with the Bucks. But the Bucks thing, like, and here's the back and forth. And I saw uh, LaCroix Butler and Cone Roller. You guys were having a nice conversation with longtime baseball writer Keith Law. And it's like, Keith Law is looking at it in terms of any public funding for stadiums is bad. Any of it is bad. And there's, there's no, I don't think there's a gray area for him. Any is bad. And in essence, it's, it's public money going to billionaires, right? That's, that's what it is doing. Sports in America is very weird because it is, they are, they are properties that are owned by teams, but also the public service that having the Brewers does for Milwaukee, it'd be great if, you know, cities and counties could own their teams. But that's not how it is if, if fans own their teams. But that's not how it is. Not not in America. 
and you know, mainly all over the world at this point, but that's not how it is in sports. So then there's an argument. Well, if you've got 290 million to give to billionaires, people will say, give it to something else, give it to transit, give it to healthcare, give it to public schools. There's always, I think you can always argue that there's better uses of the money than giving it to sports, but there's also a value in sports. It's the same value with arts. It's the same value with music. It's the same value with, you know, entertainment. You want a city that has vibrancy, that has amenities. That's a good place to live. And the brewers attract people and that area should be attracting more people. I think they're, they should try to make it more than just parking lot, you know, do something more with it. Uh, I would have loved to see a stadium downtown. That would have been great, but whatever. You got your stadium here. We love tailgating people all over the state. You tailgate big events, big parties. Uh, you know, it's kind of their thing. That's fine. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to totally rail against tailgating here. I, I get it. I just wish there was a little more around for, for people to do other than, you know, the hop, skip, and a jump you take over the fourth base. Okay. So th- this is, it looks like on the surface, it looks like, oh, should the state give money to the Brewers? Yes or no. But it's not, there's so many other things at play here. And that's why I think whatever happens, you know, 10% of people are going to be happy with it. Because even if you're a sports fan, you'd say, ah, but that money could have went somewhere else. Or if you are a sports fan, you're like, hey, look, I'm happy with this. I want the Brewers to stay here. I go there. I use it a lot. And then what happens is this becomes a story where there's politics involved and just stating some facts. Okay. Stating some facts. There's $7 billion in, in I think in, in the surplus that the state has, but Wisconsin, you know, we always talk about if I say something wrong, I'm going to alienate half my audience. That was, I was always on the radio. How can you alienate half your audience? Uh, which is not true. And I'll get to that in a minute. It was actually more, but you alienate half your audience because pretty much in America, if you look at like, how voting happens, races are pretty close. 50% take the Republican, 50% take the Democrat. Now, it, 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 like, it, historically, it is pretty close, especially in Wisconsin. We elected a Republican senator. We elected a Democratic governor. Like, it, there, it's a purple, there's, there's, there's tight lines. So let's say the representation is 50-50. Well, in the Wisconsin Senate, Congress, whatever, it's like 65-35 one way because the GOP over the years has gerrymandered. You're, and, and if you're on Team GOP, you're like, well, of course, we're in power. Let's stay in power. You never want to give up power. But that's not reflective of, of like what the people want. So the way it is is pretty much that part of the chamber is always going to be one way. And if there's a Democratic governor, then nothing's ever going to get done. Because this is the joke I would have made on the radio. The people that actually get elected to serve you as a Wisconsinite work less days than Rami Makloff did at the fan. So I don't know. I am not really like comfortable wading into this. I'm just kind of trying to set up and show you how many different things are at play here. There's the fact that it's public money. There's the fact that it's surplus money. There's the fact that sports is good. There's the fact that other things might be better. There's the fact that you know, it's a political story now because you're, you're hearing anytime you're doing a sports story and you say Robin Vosh, you're like, Oh fuck. This is, this is not no longer a sports story. It's also a political story. And this is what got me in trouble a lot at the fan. And this is one thing I do resent quite a bit about my time at WSSP is if you looked at, we had this information of who was listening at all times. And a lot of times it was, it's not like they were listening to the score and then the fan or ESPN, Greeny and Mike and Mike, and then the fan. 
a lot of our other listeners, when they when we were in commercial or when they flipped, they went to two other stations. They went to WTMJ for news, or they went to WISN for, I would say, right-leaning news, right? The, the game crossover, the ESPN crossover, it didn't happen a lot. For whatever reason, we had a lot of crossover with the news stations. So what would happen is you'd get these guys, and this is where I got, this is where I got in a lot of my battles, and this did take a toll on me after a while, because I wouldn't even say anything, but you have these guys that are listening to, like, Mark Belling fire up the troops, and then he goes to commercial. So then they come over to WSSP to just get some sports during the commercial, and I say, like, man, Trump ruined the USFL. And they're already so triggered that libs are out to get them that I said something bad. Or if I'm saying like, oh, now, now, you know, the GOP controls the Senate and gerrymandering, which is 100% true. Oh, geez, this, this libs bitching about, you know, it's like, it's like, it, it, so it wasn't always 50%. It was people, it was people that got charged up. And I swear to God, there were people that would tune me in for four hours and, and wait for me to say something remotely political or make a remote joke and see, Oh, Bart got political. <laughs> Bart, Bart made a joke. Bart made a joke about Trump falling off a stage or dancing or whatever the hell happened. Political. And that, that, that still chaps me to this day because I did keep it pretty narrow. Online, I was a little aggressive. I tapered that off pretty quickly. Uh, I still speak out about some things. Gun violence, I mean, it just sucks. Uh, the distribution of wealth bothers me simping for millionaires bothers me which is interesting because now i see this story i'm like oh yeah give 290 million to the brewers i'm like yes do it i want i want the brewers to stay but i also would love that to go to you know better transportation and more jobs in areas that need it and there's too many food deserts around here and 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 schools are really dilapidated and if it could go to that it could go to that so again this is a long-winded way to say i don't want to talk about it after I just talked about it for 12 minutes. And I don't, I really don't. My, my, my message here was to just throw some context to why this story is not, you know, I'm on this side, you're on this side because there's so much to it. Uh, Brett and Tosa, big Brewers guy. He was fired up, left me a voicemail yesterday. Carl, hey, Mark, uh, just calling in regards to the, uproar on, on social media this morning after the whole politic thing of state of Wisconsin giving the Brewers 200, 300 million, whatever it is. I just want to remind people, um, there were a lot of fucking idiots that <laughs> wanted the Bucks gone a few years ago when they didn't want the public to put money towards the Bucks. Uh, this, the, the state put $250 million towards the Bucks. And if they would have done that, they would have left because that's how it works. And you mentioned it on your pod this morning, and you're spot on. Look what the Deer District is, and look what look at what downtown is now that the Bucks stayed. Listen, sports teams make money, and they make make money for the city. They make money for the state. If the if the state of Wisconsin doesn't want to put money to keep the Brewers here, someone else will, and they'll leave. So um, stop fucking complaining. This this state's a bunch of fucking losers. <laughs> And I know people are sick of me calling in and saying shit like this. But I'm not. You got to spend money to keep keep teams here, and um, every, it happens everywhere. The 
Texas just put $500 million to build that stadium. It, Atlanta does it. Everyone does it. This is how it works. Get over it. You know, there's another thing to this, uh, too. I, I, sports teams do bring in money. And I think Keith Law and other people were citing these statistics about, like, a sports team actually does not bring in as much money as you think. And here's why. Because this, 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 this. Let me tell you this from a local TV journalist um, background. Every time there was an event in lacrosse, I did a story about the economic impact in lacrosse. And it was always substantial. Because you know what a Bucks playoff run does? Do you understand what a Bucks playoff run does? We're thinking immediate Deer District. We're thinking, look at all the money it brought into the Deer District. The businesses around the Deer District. And that's true. It did. Now, the Bucks made a lot of money. But I spent a lot of money at Uncle Bucks. I spent a lot of money at the Mecca. I spent a lot of money at Drink Wisconsin Blee. Uh, I spent a lot of money all over the downtown. So there's a lot of money that got pumped in. We also don't think of what else it does. And I don't think this gets measures and studies either. If you take a sports team away, it will severely hamper the economy. And I'm not saying that I'm smarter than economists, but I would like them to include some of the following facts and figures. For instance, when the Bucks have a playoff run, that's a team I like. That's too much. And, and take take Pfizer out of it. Take Pfizer's out of it. People have parties. Well, what do they do? They buy food. Grocery stores. Boom, boom, boom. That all goes up. People buy alcohol. Liquor stores. Boom, boom, boom. It's no coincidence that uh, liquor distributors in Wisconsin are the biggest Packer fans around. Boom, boom, boom. In Wisconsin, guys. And we're not just talking Milwaukee. We're talking that's Green Bay, Wisconsin. All right. So what else happens? There's I need a ride. Uber. I want to order food, DoorDash. The guy selling $30 shirts at the corner of Second and Capital. You know, he's he's getting more money just because, oh, it says Bobby Portis or POTUS or it says Bucks and fucking six or whatever. You're going to buy that shirt. You know, whoever he gave money to print that to. More people coming in. Uh, gas stations, restaurants on the outside of town. Hotels, obviously. So that's a lot. And if you take that away, that, that that's like, that's a lot. And I don't think that in these studies, again, I could be wrong because I have not, like, I've, I've just, like, I'm, I'm doing my own research, but there's, there's a lot more into it. The Bucks going to the playoffs or the NBA finals, we spend a lot of money in that process, whether we think so or not. On everything I just said, or maybe a new shirt or whatever, or maybe, or maybe, you know, whatever a friend comes down for a night, that's money. You know, then you go buy breakfast the next day. Cause you're too hungover to cook eggs. That's it's just, there's, there's, there's a lot of things we don't even think about. And if you take a sports team away, all that goes away because nobody's doing that for a run of book of Mormon. You know, nobody's doing that for a run of Hamilton. So I just, I, you know, I'm so glad the Bucks are here. I'm so glad that uh, the politicians did get involved to help. And I would, I would hope they do the same for the Brewers because that is important. Now, there are other important things, but for $7 billion, I mean, we need to, there's a lot that we, if, if that's the surplus, there's a lot we can fix. But then what they're going to do is fight about it. And there's a bias in the state Senate and stuff against Milwaukee 
for quote unquote some reason. It's just it's just a mess. Milwaukee's the goddamn heartbeat of the state. And nobody ever wants to give us any money. Anyway, I went on uh, that a lot longer than I thought I would. So I hope you stuck with me. And I would really love voicemails on that. Um, 402-915-BART. Again, thanks to our friends from Carl's Place. And maybe, you know, maybe Thursday night, if people are around, when I'm talking Bucks Bulls, maybe we can, if you have thoughts on the Brewers there. Because that, like, I want to hear thoughts on that. I want to hear where you guys are at. I saw a lot of good Twitter discourse on it, but then I get, I see a lot of people jumping into their uh, bunkers and, and that's just going to be the way it is. Should we talk about Rogers? I'm going to talk a little bit about Rogers. I want to talk a little bit about Rogers. I was going to play a couple of these. I guess I really only need to play one. There's a lot of people now on uh line and on these shows that are, giving their thoughts and their takes and, and all this stuff on Rogers. And you know what? You're actually going to be spared from this because I'm on Twitter right now and my bookmarks aren't loading. Uh, I had bookmarked some things that I wanted to play regarding Rogers and I can't play them. And I'm not going to go back and edit later because I want it now. And that's how Twitter has worked for me. And the 13 years I've been a member and suddenly Elon takes over and it doesn't work. Look, I know some of you are Elon simps, but Twitter is a worse product since he took over. It, It is. It works less. The replies are uglier. Drafts get sent. Woj had a tweet the other day. He reported on a trade that had already happened. That's because he was trying to report when Twitter went down and Twitter was auto-scheduling tweets for next Monday. That's what happened because it happened to me too. Yeah. I can't get shit to load. I can't get any tweets to load. What a goddamn disaster. (laughs) It it shit don't work. But there's nowhere, like, I'm not going anywhere else. I'm not going to, what was it, Post? Spoutable? Oh, it's so great over here. But no one's there. I'm not going over there. I'm on my Wi-Fi now, and then I'm on LTE, and it's not working. It doesn't work when I need it to work. It's worse. And I'm not paying for this shit either. Oh, look, it works now. But I'm still not going to play it. I made too much of a scene not to play it. Basically, you have these people on these different shows. I think Ross Tucker podcast was one. And Peter King might have been another, and there was one more, but they're saying that here, here's the summation of what they're saying. What the Packers want is for Aaron Rodgers to come to his own conclusion. Oh, DA, they got to treat him like a toddler. They got the Packers got to make sure that Rodgers comes to the decision on his own. And I, that's probably what's happening, and that's probably what will happen. I just want to say on that that if I'm the Packers, I just tell Rodgers right now, bro, we're not, we know where this is going. We're both trying to look good. We're just going to trade you. And if you don't want to go where we trade you, then retire. Because we're done. And we're going to back you up. Jordan loves our starter. You'll be the backup. Just get some balls and do it. The Packers want, in 2023, Jordan Love to be the quarterback. That's what they want. I think it's. I think, I think that's what they want. But they don't want to hurt his – like, you don't want to hurt Rodgers' feelings. You don't want to hurt – 
Packers fans' feelings. We just don't. We just want this to be over. Yeah, a lot of people are gonna be mad if you trade Aaron Rodgers or he comes back and you bench him. But guess what? Who cares? You're in charge of the team. Be in charge. Mark Murphy got hired to be the president of this team. Be the president. Brian Gutekinds, the general manager. Be the GM. Stop acquiescing to this guy. It really is unbelievable. I get that he's been so good, but he it's not like it's not like it's Patrick Mahomes pulling this shit after winning two out of three Super Bowls in four years. It's Aaron Rodgers. Who the only the only awards he wins now are individual. And we're we're all supposed to celebrate in that. I'm telling you again, Aaron Rodgers' MVP awards mean jack shit to me. They never have and they never will. Because I want Super Bowls. I got one from Tony in Texas. Uh, Carl's Place voicemail. Hey, Bart. It is Tony from Texas. You know, watching Patrick Mahomes win another Super Bowl and seeing Andy Reid win another Super Bowl got me pondering a little bit. Back to uh, uh, 1999, which was a very um, tumultuous year, a very uh, up-and-down year for the Packers. Andy Reid, then the quarterback coach of the Packers, left to go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Ron Wolf then hires Ray Rhodes to be the Packers head coach. My question to you, Bart, we've had Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre each have one Super Bowl. Each one Super Bowl, two Super Bowls in the last 25, 30 years. My question is, if Andy Reid had been hired as the Packers coach in 1999 and still was the coach for the last 25 years with the same quarterback, how many Super Bowls would the Packers have? I think they'd have a lot more than two, Bart. I want to hear from you. Talk to you soon. That is a wild hypothetical. You're saying that Andy Reid would have been hired in 99 and still have been the coach to this day. I'll play along with it. I, I enjoy those. They did lose to Andy Reid's Eagles in 03, remember? Fourth and 26. So they probably wouldn't have lost that game. But also, Andy Reid, I think he would have been – that could have been a different relationship with Favre. You know, Favre and Mike Sherman and Ray Rhodes then, and then eventually McCarthy at the end, who maybe knew Favre a little bit. But, you know, Reid was one of those guys that was probably yucking it up with Favre all the time. So how would that have worked? Would that have been better or would that have been worse? I might think it was worse. I don't know. If Andy Reid would have taken over in 99, they went 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and 12-4. and four. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 would lean, I would lean towards, like, him coaching here for three years and getting run out of town much closer than 25. Now, if you're trying to say, is Andy Reid a better coach than Mike McCarthy and Matt LaFleur? Yeah. So if things played out the same way, he had far. But then again, the relationship's different. I don't know. I, I would probably say they don't win a Super Bowl. Unless, I think the time would have been 98. Maybe take, I don't know. Because Holmgren did that dance when he was like leaving but not, and then he did. Nobody can just decide to leave Green Bay. It's always got to be a whole theater production. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, Tony, since you asked the question, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no Super Bowls under Andy Reid as a Packer. Because he got none with the Eagles. 
He left. He started coaching in 99. He didn't win his first Super Bowl till 2019. So, yeah, he's won two of the last four. But he also went to four straight NFC Championship games. Lost the Super Bowl in all four. I mean, Andy Reid, it took a long time for Andy Reid to get there. Man, and that's kind of, you know, they, you want to talk about bites at the apple. Andy Reid. Jeez. And then since he's left, Philly's been the two and one one. So uh, I'm going to say no. But I, I do want, I do want feedback on that too. It's a good, interesting question. Happyplacehemp.com promo code is BART. You guys know what you can get there. The gummies, the tinctures, the creams, the spray you can get your pet to knock it off. I need like, uh, I still need some gummies. I'm still a little worn out from the other night. The three kids over here. Did you guys know that that I had three kids over here the other night? Mine and two of the uh, nieces and nephews. Happyplacehemp.com. The promo code is BART. I hope that's how you enjoyed your Valentine's Day. You know, like Lady and the Tramp with the spaghetti. I hope that you each took a, a Delta 8 and like bit it in each other's mouth and then pulled it back and then had one and then relaxed together and then cuddled and then whatever else you need to do. Uh, happy place and chill, man. That's the name of the game. 25% off every single order of any product you get there. You can also go in, stop in. They're in Muskego, across from Maddie's, which is in New Berlin. It's across the street. Uh, but it's on College Court there in like a like a plaza-type building. But you just walk in, little ding-dong rings, Crystal greet you, maybe Rob, if you're lucky, both of them. And some lady in the back whose name I never got. She's She's nice, though. Uh, and yeah, happyplacehemp.com. Promo code is BART, 25% off. Every order, happyplacehemp.com. Make sure to do that. Seth Everett is going to join us as Infrastructure Week rolls on. Seth used to come on Bill Michaels' show, and I used to make fun of him all the time, but never to his face. And I will uh, explain that to him here. Again, we talk some baseball. We do talk a little radio podcasting at the very end. But then after baseball, we start talking Marvel. So if you're not in the Marvel and you want to dip, uh, I'm sure one of the other stations are talking about diarrhea or something. All right. So that right. infrastructure week is, I mean, it's longer than a week, but it continues made up with my good, good buddy, Dario Melendez now at channel 12. And now I'm going to make up with Seth Everett, who I, I wouldn't say that our, I, I'd say that if we had a feud, it was a little more one-sided. Uh, we did. Fi- I found a, a, I found a tweet. So, Seth used to be a fan baseball insider. He'd come on Bill's show a lot yep. and he'd come on the big show and he didn't really come on mine, but I was always chirping on you on Twitter and you're like, Ooh. I'll come on your show. And then I was like, sure. no. So the only reason, the only like the real fight that I could find, I searched <laughs> just on Twitter. Uh, Eric in April of 2017 was tested for PEDs after hitting a bunch of home runs and we were mad about it. And you said that Milwaukee was being small market being mad about it. Yeah. Don't be mad about that. And I got mad at you for that. Everybody, everybody. Yeah. Because my view of, of Milwaukee is that you're not a small town. I don't judge a town by its market size. It's by its sports fan. 
And to well, me, it's about a guy get tested for PEDs. Like I, I didn't think that was small market. I thought it was no I bitching about it. I it was bullshit. No bitching about it was. I said you're better than that because the reality of it is, is you know, at least at that time, if anybody was having any kind of success, it was triggering tests. Yeah, as it should have been. So complaining about it was pointless. And if he's innocent, he has nothing to run from. I stand by the argument. Sorry, Fent, we can you know mend the bridge or break no. The I'm rebuilding. I don't. I don't look. That was five years ago. I barely care about the Brewers. I now. stand by the argument. I'm sorry. This is over. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did do a. Don't don't leave because I want to talk to you. Okay, I won't leave. <laughs> but I did do like an impression of what your segments were like with Bill. <laughs> really? <laughs> I would say. Coming up, uh, Seth Everett, he's going to tell you about how him and Kevin Griffey Jr. hate baseball now and how Prince agrees. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, back then I was really struggling with baseball. I just, felt, um, I know, I felt like you talked about those guys a lot, which is fine if you I have hate it. Well, no, no, no. You always, you always came on Bill's show and you guys are just shit on baseball for 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, um, you know, it was it was a weird genesis. You know, I, I covered baseball for 25 years. Um, but after 2015, I had I took a little break. And then in 2017, uh, I kind of kind of reopened it and started doing it again. And I didn't like what I was seeing. And if you listen to the podcast I was doing and the shows I was going on, I was noticing uh, a complete departure from what i loved about the game um baseball to me had a flow to it and it was a comfortability it never i never wanted it to be hockey i wasn't asking it to be hockey but it had a flow to it and uh that year in 2017 jason stark came on my podcast and he gave a great line and it really applies he said you know baseball's always been the thinking man's game but there needs to be more action to supplement all the thinking yeah. And it was just too much. It was everything was home run and strikeout. And, you know, my bigger issue was the last three innings. Uh, the last three innings, the percentage of teams that were coming back was like less than 13%. So if I, you know, I, I use this analogy if I give somebody 30 minutes, you work a hard job, right? You, you work, you know, more than nine to five. Well, you get home. not me personally. You but have a yeah, family, NFL, yes. right? right. I'm just, you know, steady. So I'm, I'm talking about the the collective you. Yeah. Um. And you only and I was only going to give you between family and you have kids or whatever, whatever you do, you'd only have thirty minutes to watch sports. That's it. It's all I'm giving you. Well, if it was a basketball game, you'd choose the fourth quarter. If it's a hockey game, you're choosing the third period. And if it's a football game, you're choosing the last five minutes. But in baseball, you'd choose the first three innings. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's ridiculous. And yeah. it's not sustainable. And so, you know, the sport to me, uh, was I was having so much trouble with it. And so the best thing for my sanity was I stopped and I don't cover it anymore. So you like it hasn't gotten better for you or all these changes? They're not like... Oh, no. The, 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 well... You know, as far as the changes, I, I've always said I'll have an open mind. I never said never again. I never, you know, it wasn't a very dramatic thing. Uh, this past season, 2022, uh, when the emails came for credentials, I declined them. 
and I just didn't go. Uh, the, ironically, uh, the Yankees and the Phillies went on these postseason runs, and iHeart asked me to cover them. So technically, I covered the World Series. <laughs> um, I went to the World Series, and it was really weird. But that was the only baseball game I went to yeah. the whole year. And, and the only game I watched was the one game I, one World Series game I went to. No, that I saw one game that year. Yeah, it's hard, especially, you know, in Milwaukee. Okay. So we don't want to be a small market, but now we're seeing like the competitive balance is, you know, it's, at it's an all time ridiculousness. My, so my hot take is that Steve Cohen is the savior for small market baseball. And I'll, I'll explain because you had like eight teams that were rich. Okay. And then everyone else is like struggling to even reach whatever perceived floor there is. And the eight teams are fine because, you know, they're always winning or whatever. Then Cohen comes in and he's like, $3 million payroll. I'm spending five. But now they're mad at him. So when a bunch, what I say is when a bunch of poors are mad, the rich don't care. But when a bunch of rich are mad at the super rich guy, that's when you might see change. But still, I just think that like, but the system is broken because, you know, yeah. half the teams that are going to be getting the, the luxury tax money, you know, when they split it out evenly and, you know, smaller markets get the, that money, they're not turning that into uh, players. They're not putting it back into the payroll and they're just using it towards their bottom line. And that's especially going to be amplified this year because of the Sinclair uh, Bally Sports bankruptcy, which is going to be announced any day now. Um which by the time this podcast gets released, it could, it could have uh, happened. And what will happen there is there are going to be a handful of teams, like 12 teams that are not going to get their cable money this year. And if you look at the gross revenues of a team, you know, one of the misnomers in sports is that teams don't make money. They are extremely high valuations, but their operating day year to year is basically they break even. And so the teams that are going to now lose, like Bally's Detroit pays $60 million. San Diego is like $48 million. You take those, those lump sums away from these teams, and that's going to impact their bottom line. These teams are going to bleed money. Look at the COVID year when all these rich fat cats were talking about how they're broke. Yeah. And so it's, it's just going to get worse, and that's – See, it's things like that that are not getting rectified. People are like, oh, they're going to ban the shift. Wonderful. If the game is more entertaining, I'll tune in. But the reality is the competitive balance in that league took a major hit. And when that bankruptcy happens, all sports are going to be impacted. The NBA, the NHL, and baseball are going to be impacted. But nobody's going to be impacted more on the in the on-field product than the sport with no cap. Well, and I think, too, with baseball, it's like it's not just like one linear problem. It's that problem. Of course. And then it's the way the game's being played. And it's also like you talk about the last three innings. Some guys are just too good. Like everyone's throwing 100. They're all And nobody's pitching more than five innings. So you have your starter throw. The minute he maybe gets tired, I mean, the Brewers have been longing for a no-hitter for another one for 30 years. And then finally Corbin Burns is out going to get one. And they finish it off with Josh Hader, and that's fine. But it's not fine because that's not a no-hitter to me. That's not the same thing. That's not what we've been waiting for for all these 40 years. So it's not no, like – You're not going to get a 300-game winner anymore. 
Yeah, you're not no, you're not going to see any of that. It's it, this sport has changed, and what what I always say about the sport that I've learned is the demographic is massively older, and so just you know, I, yeah, I'm where are 40. new fans coming from? Well, that's my issue, and and you know, you talk all about technology and all these things. The reality of it is, is that you know, linear television is under siege, yet the NBA brand has never been higher. Baseball can't say that. And I, you know, I, I always have my Mike Trout test. You know, I always say that a radio show could come out of a commercial break with a Mike Trout audio clip. And I'd give a free T-shirt to the first caller that can identify who that yeah. is. That was the best player in the sport for eight years. Oh, Nobody, I bet you Mike you Trout could out of a down line? and watch a Brewers-Cubs game in the middle of Section 105 and couple people might know him. No, the the one thing I would always notice when, when I went on that station, though, is there's an old theory that says fans care about a team first and a sport second. And so if the Brewers were good, it was like, who cares how screwed up this system is? We're, as long as we win it, it's, it, it's fine. And that's 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 what most fans do. You know, my, my favorite example of that is uh, I went to Congress uh, in the 2000s for the congressional hearings on steroids, the two of them, I was there for both. It was one of my career highlights. Like it was one of my favorite things to do. I, I was a sports guy that got to go to Congress. Yeah. Like I, it was awesome. And I'm walking to the media bus. There was a bus that they had set up for a bunch of reporters to get to a hotel. And I was walking and a guy came up and recognized me. And he comes up and he says, so how am I Mets going to do this year? Like, do you not know what we just walked out of? Like, <laughs> like, like, because fans care about a team first and the sport second. It's the same thing with concussions, right? Concussions is a big talking point in football. Yeah. But if the Packers are in the divisional race and go into the playoffs, you never hear a thing about it. But if the Packers are suddenly four and 13, that's the only thing you'll talk about. All right, I think that uh, these are good points. I probably should have talked to you about this long before instead of just uh, dogging you all those years. But um, <laughs> I want to I want to talk about your uh, other your passion project, your Hall of Justice podcast. Do you, have you ever heard? I, of- I, I uh, no, okay. but I'm going to listen to it because I, I I'm I really got into like Marvel. I got into the MCU. I'm not a big. Mm-hmm. Com- I mean, I had comics growing up like a little like hand me downs. But I really got into the whole thread of the MCU and the way everything connects, and and I like it. So here's yeah, my over really fun. Is, but here's my over here's my overall thought where I'm at with the MCU right now. So the Thanos thing was great. The multiverse I'm super into, and I like Phase Four maybe more than the next guy. But I'm try, I'm what I struggle with is like, okay. I try to think of the normal person back in 2012 in the MCU. Okay. And now aliens are attacking. Okay. Well, we got this rich guy who's going to fight for us. That's, we can see that. Then there's this world war two guy that was frozen. Okay. Then there's this other guy that's good with arrows. All right. Then there's this incredible Hulk guy. Okay, fine. So that all happens. And it's like a lot to wrap your brain around, but that's just the world we live in now. And then all of humanity disappears which is insane. And then they come back. And, but but we've also learned that earth is not just like, it's not just that it's well, uh, 
what was the movie? Uh, the Ten Rings. Now there's this thing with these Ten Rings. Yeah. And Miss Marvel's got these bangles, and they had a thing. And then there's this uh, vibranium, and there's Wakanda. But also, some of it landed in the ocean, and now there's uh, whatever they're calling that place, uh, the Atlantis place. So it's like, and then, oh, and then the Earth is actually just like a fostering ground for the celestial. And one time, uh, Star Lord's dad came and like planted his seed all over it as well. It's like, it's a little too, too much, much for one uh, universe. So that's also, since I'm bitching, I don't <laughs> like how quick we returned. Like, I watch Miss Marvel and She Hulk and stuff, and there's like no sign that there was no like blip for five years. It's just like everything's colorful again, everything's back to normal. That's why I liked the Captain America one, the Black Falcon one, because it was at least like gritty enough. But I guess COVID oh, and, happened. And the, and the impact and of knew. all those people returning and all the displacement. Uh, it's just know, a lot. About- it's a lot to keep up with. And I, I think they ignore, this is a super picky take, but I think they ignore like the average person and the trauma that they experience having to keep up with all these people. Well, my, my uh, conduit to that is what I always love about comics is uh, they like to be real when it's convenient for them. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, they all worked with Tony Stark, right? They all, you know, the Avengers were all with Tony Stark at, at one point. They were at odds with him, but eventually they all banded together. And then Tony Stark died. But he probably left a small fortune to Pepper Potts. So, is that where Vision got the money to buy land in Westview, New Jersey? Yet, falcon can't get a loan (laughs) yeah (laughs) again it's it's reality my biggest gripe with now ant-man's coming out friday and he's rich because of some podcast and book he made i guess yeah well what i what i my my biggest issue with the whole phase four was the very last scene of wandavision which i love i thought wandavision was brilliant and at the end of WandaVision, she's walking through the town and all the people have been restored. And she kidnapped them. And uh, Monica Rambeau comes up to her and, sa- and she says, uh, Wanda says, these people aren't going to look at me the same ever again. And my response was, good, you kidnapped them. Yeah. And what I thought was heroes, which is what Monica Rambeau is being portrayed as, should have tried to apprehend her. Like she should have been on the run. She should have been on the run because to pretend that she just went and they waved to her. When you knew, and Marvel knew this, we didn't. Marvel knew that she was the big bad in Doctor Strange, but you let her walk. That that's that's where I had a, a major major issue. I I've I've been nitpicky on a lot of Phase Four. Uh, for example, Ms. Marvel. I love that she was from Pakistan. Yeah. But I thought the main pl- crux of the story was that she was from New Jersey, and that she had all kinds of issues with high school. And then for three episodes, she goes to Pakistan, and it's just too much. Yeah, Miss Marvel was like four different shows trying to be one. I'll agree. And then, and then, um, uh, Shang Chi. My issue was too much Aquafina. Like I understood that she was, uh, you know, his friend. She wasn't even his girlfriend. She was his friend, 
and now all of a sudden she's shooting arrows at the dragon? Yeah, I liked the movie until it was a 40-minute fight scene. But that's but that's the thing. Like it, it was was it did focus groups tell you that you needed more of her? And so that's why you shoehorned her into it. I my issue with it is it just seems like they are pushing too hard and they're reading their own tweets. And that's that's like what the, I'm that's surprised. the whole show of She-Hulk. Well, She-Hulk, you know, she I, I, She-Hulk could be funny. It doesn't have to be where they make fun of their own properties. I thought they commit completely diminished Wong and to a lesser extent Daredevil. You know, Daredevil, you know, doesn't have to be in costume doing the walk of shame. He <laughs> like he like could have put on sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, you know, it just doesn't have to demean your properties. And I just I, I just think that with Marvel and then there's Spider-Man. We haven't talked about Spider-Man. And, you know, to me, he's he's the can you curse on this podcast? Shit. OK, good. Tom Holland's a wonderful actor, but that version of Peter Parker is the dumbest fuck in the MCU. <laughs> and he is the oops hero. <laughs> And if you look, and if you look at if you look at um, the first Spider-Man, you know he gets locked in a garage, and you know in the second Spider-Man, uh, you know he's he, he, he's fooled by Mysterio. Like yeah. you couldn't see how awkward that guy was, and he got fooled hook, line, and sinker. Oops! And then uh, you know he had a chance to rehabilitate these heroes, and everyone's like what are you talking about? Put them back in their universes, the, the villains rather. And he's like, well, wait a second. I, 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 that's not what, what we can do. We can, we can fix them, fix them. Why the fuck would you want to fix them? And Oh, by the way, your aunt died because of that. Oops. <laughs> Oops. But, but now it's going to make just, him gritty. Toby Maguire. You know, a lot of people get on the casting of Toby Maguire, but if you look at the character, if you look at those movies, he was, heroic and he's the best of them like if, if, if you say marvel comics not the mcu marvel comics the best of them are spider-man and the x-men and the reality is that in in this introduction because there's a thing in comics and i call it change for change sake it's why they took superman's uh, underwear off you know like it's just change for change sake and so to make Peter different than Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, they made him a dumb shit. And it's it's stupid. And it, to, to me, it was like, you, that's not the hero. Now, I'll nerd out right now, but if you... In I the love 90s, In the 90s, there was a show called Spider-Man the Animated Series. And on my podcast, the creator of that show, this guy, John Semper, brilliant person, uh, came on the podcast. And we talked about uh, the incarnation of spider-man in the 90s now in the 90s i was in college so i was in college and i saw this and i was dumbfounded by this show the show was amazing and to me it's the best incarnation in any medium of peter parker and like the toby Maguire movies peter's in college because as a high school kid he's not a hero yet and if you're going to introduce the best of them, you know, here's the thing about Tom Holland's character. He has already been to space. 
you know, I was just going to bring that up because like I'm watching whatever. And then all of a sudden he just goes to space and it's like no just, big deal. You know, he just sneaks on board. And when the snap happened and half the world's population uh, died, you know, turned to feathers. That's what I what I call it. They turned to feathers. Peter Parker, that version of Peter Parker is the only character that cried. Mm. The only one. And he's supposed to be the best of us. I, I just it, that drives me up a wall. So if it, you know, and it's not against Tom Holland. He's a great actor, but you know the whole idea about people forgetting and all that stuff—that's so stupid. I will say that the greatest thing uh, Marvel's ever done is what people call Marvel babies, Spidey and his amazing friends, because my three-year-old is obsessed like that. with that show. That's awesome, and it's helped me introduce him to all these people. Yeah, my uh, kids he brought like- he brought Hulk. And Miles Morales to school today. Well, that's awesome. My kids are uh, older. They're uh, 14 and 11, and they don't watch superheroes, which kills me. (laughs) Um, We ruined it for them because I bought my little one when she was like four. I bought her a book for for preschoolers uh, called Vader's Little Princess. Oh. And it's an animated story about how uh, Darth Vader is uh, has, you know, trouble parenting princess leia and my daughter when she was like six i tried to watch uh, show her star wars and she said how could darth vader be a bad guy he's such a good dad oh you showed her the wrong thing first <laughs> so well i showed her that book and she was ruined and you know they they, they they don't watch anything now they ask me about it when it's on their tiktok feeds like well, now, life. just to relate to what we were talking about before, I took my son to one baseball game last year, and it was Sesame Street Day, and we got an Elmo bobblehead. So now he thinks every time we go to baseball, there's going to be Elmo something. on the screen uh, every every half inning. Awesome. Hey, so MCU, I'm big into this new reimagined DCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Like, I'm not a, as, you know, so I'm, I mean, I, I would say I'm more of a Marvel guy than DC, but this looks like, it's like must watch. There's everything that they have planned out. I think I'm very intrigued by. Do you feel the same? Like, could it be better, or what do you feel with? Well, whether- I mean, all it is, it, you know, I get asked this on social media a bunch. I haven't done a podcast on it yet. It's just words on a page. You know, it, it's just, it's just, um, they're doing stuff. Good. You know, I, 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 let's let's wait and see. Yeah. Uh, James Gunn has created. Uh, one DC movie, uh, The Suicide Squad, which I thought was eh. Um, and then he created Peacemaker, which I thought was great. Um, so I like the ideas that that you know he's he's in charge with this other guy, um, who created the Lego movie, which is great. Um, I like you know I like the idea. Um, you know DC has been rudderless, and now what you're seeing is a bunch of really good DC shows have been canceled. Uh, including Titans, Doom Patrol, Pennyworth, uh, the Arrowverse on the CW, you know, all, all these different different things uh, have all been canceled. And that's too bad, you know, because, you know, the Arrowverse is interesting because the Arrowverse, you know, is still from the television model of, you know, network TV and 20 episodes a season you know, and, 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 and Christmas breaks and things like that, where now the model is the streaming model. It's, you know, eight episodes, 10 mm-hmm. episodes, but they're highly produced, you know, basically little movies. 
And, uh, you know, I hope what DC does now is they go more towards that. that that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm hopeful, but let me see something. Let me see some footage. Let me see a movie. Like, let's see what this universe is. So how many, uh, how many podcasts you got running these days? Uh, well, I own three. Um, I have Sports with Friends, uh, which uh, I can tell you the story about. It comes uh, from a tragedy that we, that we had and then uh, created the Hall of Justice in 2015. Um, in 2016, I got really lucky. Zack Snyder was doing something for the Super Bowl, and um, uh, he wound up coming on my podcast and ripping Superman fans, and somebody in Variety wrote about it. And so... <laughs> We got like a half a million downloads on oh, episode twenty eight. It was uh, pretty wild, and then um, th- that kind of took the show off. And then uh, some some uh, actors have been very kind uh, with sharing the podcast, which has helped um, the Hall of Justice. That comes out on Thursdays, and then I do a tech show. Uh, over COVID, I was uh, rebuilding my studio here, and um, I, I was noticing that my computer kept getting hot. <laughs> And I just figured, you know, with COVID, you know, all the studios, you know, I work for iHeart. So all the studios were closed. And so if this broke, you know, I'd be screwed. And so what I did was I upgraded everything here. And in that process, notice that when you Google things, um, all you get are ads. So, for example, if you Googled best monitors, you're not getting the best monitor. You're getting... The, the company that spent the most to, on Google to make sure they came up first on their list. Yep. And uh, so there's a lot of mistrust. And so there's this tech expert, this guy by the name of Shelly Palmer, who um, he's, he's runs a consulting firm and he's a great tech wizard. And he and I came up with this idea of a tech podcast and we're in our second year doing that. So that comes out on Tuesdays. That's a lot easier though than the other two, because I book the other two and then, that one's just, hey, when can you record? It's a lot easier. So, well, the hard I mean, part it's, is it's the, the way that we're going, though. I mean, you know, I off the radio in August, and I still do some shifts here and there, but you know, this is, I don't know. I don't, I don't like, I don't see myself going back. I think a full time, well, five day a week, four hour show. I think I can, I th- like, I do a one hour show every day. So it's, I say what I want. Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't edit it really. So it's not like I'm, you know, if I, whatever, I just, I, I find that, you know, I put it out at 5.00 AM. People can get me in the morning if that's when they're used to, or they can stop it or they can fast forward. And like right away, people are like, Hey, I didn't, I didn't like that conversation went on too long. I go, Oh, okay. Well just fast forward it then. Like, I don't care. Well, you know, radio consumption of radio uh, has changed. And I, you know, I haven't listened to live radio probably since our feud in 2017 like (laughs) it's been a long long time uh since i sat down and listened to the radio and you know i grew up on radio like one of my favorite examples is uh i can remember in the late 80s uh george steinbrenner was doing a rare interview with mike and the mad dog i grew up in new jersey yeah and i remember going out to my mom's car Asking her for the keys. I was like 12. Asking her for the keys because her radio was better than the one we had in the house. And it was important listening. Like I had to hear George Steinbrenner on with Mike and the Mad Dog. And a friend of mine who used to work at the fan, she was on Facebook. 
and she's very old school. And she po- posted, um, hey, everybody, get to your radio. Jerry Seinfeld's calling into the fan. And I went, why? Like, first of all, it's going to be on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It's going to be a podcast. It's going to be a TikTok. There'll be a video. There'll be an audio. There'll be this. I can listen to it 17 times when I want to. Right. And to me, that's the end of radio. It's not the end of the spoken word. I think the spoken word has has never been greater in the evidence that there are more people listening to podcasts that are that are about things that were never on talk radio. For example, all the crime drama podcasts. That's a huge genre in podcasting. There weren't crime drama radio stations in the 90s. Where were people getting? Oh, no, my wife, uh, she loves bitch sesh, where they talk about Real Housewives. There you go. That's so you exactly watch the show. It. Get that. There is literally a podcast for everything. And I think when I listen to the radio now, it's uh, I have Alt Nation on Sirius. If I listen to anything, it's usually Howard. And then uh, the last two times I like turned on terrestrial radio was there was a big storm, so I turned on the news station. Yep. And then uh, David Stern stepped down. So I turned on the other two sports stations around here and David neither of them were talking about down? it. Wait, he what? died. Stearns? You mean he died? David Stern's Brewers. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> you are so out of baseball. <laughs> I was like, David Stern died. <laughs> yeah, no, David Stern's Brewers stepped down and uh, the, the two sports stations in town weren't talking about it. Yeah. And that, that's when, like, if, if radio can do anything, you rush to it. You got to cover the breaking news. I think the biggest problem with radio right now is that the – and I'm speaking, like, totally for what I, how I view Milwaukee. People on Milwaukee radio, they take for granted that they are on the radio. They have a platform that people listen to on accident and out of habit. And yeah. I think with the podcast, like, I feel like I have to earn it every day. You know, you got to earn it yeah. every day. It's a little, you know, it's not really hard to get. Well, to people that. have to choose you and they yeah, have to press me. play. You don't just jump in and I'm just there. You right. got to choose right. me. And I think yeah, these other people that belittle me because I'm doing this in my basement, if they had to try to do what I was doing, they would fall on their face within a week. No, I, I think there's a better chance of someone connecting with you and feeling like they know you from listening to this show. And that's what I hope for with sports with friends. What I, what I do is people say, you don't focus on one sport. And I said, no, I don't. Because what I hope is that someone will come to the podcast because I had like last week we had James Lofton on and that was great. And, you know, but if you look into the archives, we've had uh, Martin Brodeur on and Eli Manning's been on and Ken Griffey Jr. has been on a couple of times. And, you know, like we've had, you know big give me their numbers give me their emails you know stuff like that and 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 it's kind of the kind of thing where now what i hope is that people listen because they feel like they know me yeah i mean if they if and that's where i think you'll have greater success you'll connect with people it's the same thing like if you're running ads on your podcast um what i find is make the ads sound just like the show because you don't have to make them sound that you don't have to be done in 60 seconds. Right. You don't have to be done in you know, you don't have to make it sound like the old live reads, make it sound intimate and intimate is the word I use. It's not sexual, but it's have an intimacy with your audience. And I think 
That's something you can get with a podcast that you simply can't get with anything in the in the audio medium otherwise. Well, even in, do, in talking to you like this, you know, I'm I'm engaged, whereas if I just had you on the phone or five years ago, I probably wouldn't have really listened to your answers. <laughs> well, that's how I had my greatest success. <laughs> and I'm I'm sure that the guys on our station were ordering boots a lot while you were on the air, but <laughs> But it's you know it was worth the wait, Seth. I, I appreciate you you coming on here. Hey, it's my pleasure. I, you know, I, I love that we connected through social media. I kept up on all the things that were going on with you, and I just wish you nothing but success. Um, you may have had a gripe with me. I never had a gripe with you. And well, uh, you seem like a nice guy. I'm a dick. <laughs> it's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good to know, dick. but uh, no, I'll, I'll come on anytime. If you want to review uh, Ant-Man, we can do that. Oh, I will. I'll be your uh, your superhero correspondent. It's a very important distinction. I am not an asshole. I am a nice guy, <laughs> but I am a dick. Very important distinction. <laughs> Seth Everett, thanks, buddy. <laughs> you got it. Thanks for having me.